second chapter of the Hebrews. If you don't have a Bible, look at your phone if you have the app on the screen behind Hebrews chapter 10, 35 and 36. If you'd like to move around after the kids are gone, that's good. Just move up, don't move back. Hebrews chapter, the Bible said, not away, therefore, your confidence. Good to have confidence in life, isn't it? Against cockiness, but just confidence. Don't let that get away from you, which has great recompense of reward. So much potential of good returning to you if you just keep your confident demeanor, confident spirit. And the writer said, for you have need of patience. Uh-oh. For you have need of patience. Ever hear anybody, has anybody ever said, in a day, boy. Calm down. Chill out. Probably means I have need of patience. Because after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And that word might isn't meaning possibly. Check it out yourself in a strong concordance. It means it will come to pass that if we do God's will, it's going to happen to us. Talking about today, don't we all, and I'm taking my title from that scripture we just read, for we have need of patience, and here's my response, don't we all? For you have need of patience, I know I do. Pardon? Use the handheld. To everybody on Facebook today, because we have been, uh, these folks have been working hard to get our, thank you, Brother Blair, working hard to get our sound system improved, and that's a lifelong venture, but they're doing a good job at it. But I got, I, Brother Levi, I saw you earlier, called me this week and said, just, just to pass the word on, last week was horrible, couldn't listen to it, different sounds, it was going crazy, and they were tinkering and trying to figure that out. So if you're on Facebook today and there's anything on there that uh, is difficult to listen to, not my preaching, but difficult to discern, let me know. Text me, please. Call me. The squeaking, the bass, whatever. Let me know, and that way we can, we can direct our efforts toward those needs. Praise the Lord. You have need of Patience. Say it with me. Don't we all? Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy today. For your loving kindness and strength that we feel in the house and as believers today. We love you, Lord. We want to glean from your goodness. We want to glean and draw from your thoughts, your desires, your attitude, your opinion toward us of the Word of God. Thankful, Lord, for your blessing. Feed us today and help us, God, to understand how to apply it to our life in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, I personally believe, and this is not hype, I personally believe in my heart today that most people in society, including all of us in this room, most people, for the most part, are pretty confident people. Life just affords us enough opportunities of promotion and good 
to enjoy the moment at least a little bit. Most people are pretty positive. You may work with a negative Ned type of person, and maybe they can drain anybody's energy, but he's probably the exception if you think about it. Most people are, are in pretty decent control of their emotional highs and lows. So confidence is not something we co uh, are constantly needing to tinker with because it just seems to come with the ebb and flow of life. But if you consider yourself a patient person today, not talking about confident, but a patient person, that's not a setup. I'm not setting anybody up to fail. If you think, yeah, I'm a patient person, show me your hand just for a moment. Nothing wrong with that. Thank you. I believe that. I believe that. I remember years ago, I asked a similar question, and there was a person that I'd counseled with in great detail in their life. And when I asked the question, are you a confident, positive person, that person's hand went right up. And in my mind, I'm trying to stay focused now, all right? I'm thinking, you lying dog, you. You are the most negative... Yeah, they must have been thinking faith. But I, I believe it. I'm not poking at anybody now when I say, I believe you when you say you're a pretty patient person. I believe that. One survey said, the results of it, six out of every ten men believe they're patient. <coughs> now, I didn't say you... You, you're not legitimate if you were a man and raised your hand. I didn't say that, so don't get all angered up at me right now. Look at the faces like. <laughs> but this survey said six out of ten men say I'm pretty patient, while the same survey said only four out of ten women believe they're patient. Another survey altogether said nearly 80% of all respondents, male and female, young and old, rated themselves as patient. Nearly 80%. But more than half of those 80% also said they will hang up the phone if they have to wait on hold more than 30 seconds. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I See you later. Here's a good measuring stick or another measuring stick. Under pressure. Under pressure, are you typically calm, tolerant, serene, level-headed? Under pressure, typically. Where's the six out of ten men? I'm patient, you're patient, and again, I believe it. Those same patient respondents of the 80% also said frustration usually comes into my mind when a web page won't open in 15 seconds. I get that. Like, what is the deal? The same one said, if a traffic light lasts more than 30 seconds, looking for a way out of this. But I'm patient. Someone said, and I quote, patience is a virtue. The problem is it's no longer a reality, unquote. 
Some believe patience is a quality and not necessarily a trait or a characteristic. I'm not sure if I agree with all of that. It seems to me like calm, chilled out, laid back moms or dads, somewhere in their nest they're going to have one of them that has that trait. Medical science tells us that patient people have fewer negative emotions. I agree with that, wouldn't you? They say they have less ulcers, less headaches, etc., etc. So maybe there's some truth to the adage or the idiom that good things come to those who wait. But think about this. How often do you hear someone say to you, will you just hold your horses? Probably means I'm exhibiting some impatience. No surprise there. I've heard it too often. I know that's my weakness. I wouldn't dare try to defame the grace of God by saying, yeah, I'm one of those six patient men. But let's just look a little deeper here. What things do you not mind waiting on? And if there is anything that you really don't mind waiting on, even if it's one thing, if you force yourself to calm down and know what you're waiting on, you're, you're all right with, then that must mean I don't have to always be impatient. If I'm in control, if some things in my life can come my way, and I really don't mind waiting. April 15th is a double-edged sword for me. I can't wait till it gets here because it's the opening of black bear baiting. If you didn't know that already, I love that. It's one of my few pleasures in life. Did I say that out loud? Anymore. But it's also a day where the rich get richer and we take someone, some people take from the middle class and you know what, I, you know what that day is. Praise God. But good things come sometimes to those who wait. If there's circumstances in your life. Anybody have anything in your brain right now that you'd be willing to share with us? One or two words short. Is there anything you don't mind waiting on? You don't mind waiting on the blessings of Jesus. You're a patient man, Brother Larry. And I believe you. Anything else come to mind? What? The love of the Lord. I personally want those things now, but I get what you're saying. I, I do. I understand the jest behind it. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. There's some things we revert to an area of life we don't normally go to, controlling ourselves. Control. Yeah, Brother Corey, your birthday. Amen, brother. I can relate. No mind waiting on those. Hallelujah. And then there are things many of us deplore 
waiting on. Detest waiting on. Things we've already mentioned. Maybe, maybe the procrastinator in your circle of life. Drives me crazy. You knew the deadline was here. Why would you wait till five minutes before the deadline and ask me for advice? Some people just live that way, man. They're not going to worry about it until the pressure's on. That is something I don't like waiting on. But listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, verse 12. He said, be patient in tribulation. Oh, Paul, come on. That is difficult right there. Tribulation doesn't mean, you know, simple things. It, it can mean vast things, large things, trials. Be patient. He's saying control yourself in tribulation. That's not easy to do. Why, why is it not easy to do? Somebody help me. That's obvious. Because my flesh wants to respond. And everything inside of me is blowing up to respond. Paul said, wait. Be patient. Hold your horses. Hold on. Now I'm going to ask you the question. Let's see who raised their hands now. Are you still patient in tribulation? People that raised your hand, that you're a patient. Are you still? I believe you. I really do. You carry yourself with that demeanor, not just for what a pastor sees. Yes, ma'am. Patient in tribulation. I believe you. Any of those six out of ten men that call themselves patient, are you patient in tribulation? Probably. You probably are. I'm not setting you up, honestly. Don't be embarrassed to raise your hand. Paul said, be patient in the hardest time of your life. In the moments where things are more difficult to deal with than they've ever been. In tribulation. He didn't say be patient with tribulation. In the middle of it. And people, people that like to hide their head in the sand like the ostrich does and say, nope, I don't get tribulation if I don't talk about it. And that's just not true. Sooner or later, you got to grow up. Sooner or later, you got to be an adult. Sooner or later, you got to deal with big boy stuff and big girl stuff. And realize tribulation comes because we're human beings. It happened to Paul, to Jesus, to James, to John. But Paul said, be patient in the tribulation. Here's what I've seen for what it's worth. Patient people usually, usually have more empathy for other people. Strike one. There goes one of those hands that got raised a while ago. As soon as church is over, out the door. Don't tell me you have empathy for people. You don't even care about your fellow man, your brother and sister. Usually, I've observed that patient people are empathetic with others. They go beyond sympathy and they have empathy. And I also notice they're very tolerant when delays or setbacks come in their life. They just seem to have a, okay, yeah, this is not how I wanted it to go or what I thought was going to happen, but we're going to be good through all this. I like being around people like that, because that's not me. I like being around people like that. They also show flexibility to adapt. 
all right, we didn't have it planned to go this way, but we're just going to respond and, and make it work out this way. Patient people adapt to things. I'm not talking about compromise. I'm talking about life stuff. Adaptability. And the last thing I wrote down was they seem to be persistent in accomplishing goals while tribulation is in their life. They don't just bail out, jump out of the boat when things start to go rocking and crazy in their life. I've told you a hundred times, and my son's probably on there listening, but when we were, Brother Marshall, my boys were little, I taught them to, sorry for the not appropriate crowd today, but I taught my boys to shoot a gun by the time they were able to hold They weren't even able to hold it, and I would hold it, take the weight off of it. I taught them to play baseball, to throw the ball, to shoot the puck. I did all, we did all of that together as little guys, like, like you do yours. But my youngest son, if, he, if it, he couldn't be the quarterback or the pitcher or the batter or the goalie, like, and I'm talking about little ones, you know, three, four, five years old. I'm not playing, Dad. It's not like that, son. You can't just, you can't just dial life into everything you want it to be every day. Sometimes you have to be this or that. Now I'm talking about a toddler there, all right? But to us, we don't always get life sent to us in a perfect setting. And by Paul said, be patient in tribulation. I wish I had time to get some examples from you about how you've exercised the obedience to that scripture and how it worked out for you, but I don't. We just know that it works if we're patient in tribulation. I said, don't we all need more patience? And here's going to be a statement that will, will send some out of the room emotionally. Y'all ready? Oftentimes, it's the things that annoy us or me that are actually preparing us or me. It's the things I want to be impatient with, no matter what someone advises me, that are there to help me graduate and grow in my life. So the person that buries their head in the sand and says, I didn't hear that, so I'm not accountable. You're the one that's going to sit there and go back into the wilderness and wonder and wonder and wonder and, and go, God, why have you brought me to the promised land yet? Because every time God tries to mature you, you say, I can't hear that. La, la, la. I'm not listening. But tribulation actually works a bountiful reward. I don't pray for it. I don't like it. I don't ask God to send it. But Romans 5, 3, and 4, this is powerful on steroids. You got me? Powerful times a thousand, these verses are. Not only so, Paul said, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing. Why do we glory in that? Why do we give God praise in tribulation? Because we know that if I get through this thing, if I can just get through this thing without throwing the baby out with the bathwater, Jumping overboard. If I can just survive this trial, that, that tribulation is going to accomplish good things in my life. For the four out of ten that wouldn't dare say they're a patient man, that's going to do good things in your life. If you refuse, if I refuse, pardon me, to let God work in my life through the means of tribulation, 
not saying I volunteer. Where's the tribulation line? No. But Job said, man that is born of woman is of few days and full tribulation. Because we know tribulation works patience or it comes to that end. Verse 4, please. And patience, patience develops experience, and experience develops hope. That's why some of you, you seniors, some of you elders, moms and dads in the room, you can tell your kids, you know what, everything's going to be all right. I, and they may, they may tell, they may roll their eyes at you. Am I the only one that their kids roll their eyes at? I have told this story so long, it's still bugging me, Brother Blail. That when my kids were teenagers, I could tell them, don't do that, son, or go do this, son. It's good for you. And they'd be like, oh, Dad, here we go again. That guy, where's Brother Stacy? Or that guy could come in days after I said it. Days. They, they plagiarized me. Said the same exact thing to Josh and Brad. And, and Josh and Brad like, oh, wow, that's the most revelatory thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, Brother Flail, do your kids ever do that? That's payback, brother. Payback, brother. Joking with you, you know that. So let's bring this home. Patient works experience. Your parents tell you it's going to be all right. I've been in similar situations. You should at least respect that and think about it. You may be tired of the way they deliver the message or the package, but look what's inside. Look at the contents of the package before you roll your eyes. Your boss, it, it's highly likely he's got more experience than you. So when he tells you, I want the pencils here and not there, maybe there's a reason. Patience works experience and experience hope. So let's bring this down to a personal, personal level. But when it comes to waiting on God, we should all have the patience of Job. When it comes to waiting on God, we should all have the patience of Job, a man much more spiritual, much more in tune with the things of God than us today, than me today. Because here's why I say that. Because concerning spiritual things, God doesn't give you a choice. God never, he, he never uh, talks to me about the way he should handle something. He never counsels with me about how to answer somebody. Because I know he knows what answer I'm going to give him. Do it now, do it now, do it now. But he never counsels with me. But everything beautiful about your life that God is trying to do. Everything heavenly that God's trying to do about your life. It's on God's timing and the perfect, perfect situation of your life. And he does not give you or I a choice about waiting. That's not fair. I loved it when my kids were little and they'd say, that's not fair, Dad. I, oh, I sprung on that like a 
checking on every bug that flew by. I'd say, who says it has to be fair? Me, dad, you, son. That's the rule. I don't think, I don't know if God does it exactly that blunt, but he doesn't seem to hurry it up just because he knows I'm impatient about it. Psalm 25, verse 5, David said, On thee, O Lord. Psalm 25, 5. On thee do I wait all the day. You have it? Let's go throw that up there for us. There we go. That last portion, on thee do I wait all the day. David's saying, hey, God, I don't know if you know this, but I'm waiting on you. I'm here. I'm waiting. I mean, in my mind, God, I got out of bed this morning thinking, oh, day's going to be like this. And then someone had to bring up my birthday soon. My day went from here to here. David said, I'm waiting all day long on you. Now, this is the tricky part in my, with, in my delivering of this thought to you, is that patience, your, your need for patience, my need for patience, is directly connected to our salvation. It is directly, not indirectly, not in the back door way. It's directly connected to you going to heaven. It is. Jesus said, Matthew 24, 13, they that endure to the end. There's going to be some patience and endurance, some long-suffering. I don't care if you're pre-trip, mid-trip, post-trip. Everybody's got an opinion. No one knows the day or the hour. The truth of the matter is this, though. We all have to wait. And they that endure, wait. Wait till the end. Have you ever done something because you didn't want to wait on it happening? And it just wasn't the same when you forced it to happen? Come on. Come on. Get your, get your minds up here, all right? You pushed the buttons before God wanted the buttons pushed. You purchased before God gave you his okay to purchase. You moved before you knew that you knew that you knew it was supposed to move. Patience is connected to so much in our, in our physical life and certainly to our salvation. They that endure to the end, and you had it earlier, Luke 21, 19, in your patience. That's the easiest scripture in the Bible almost to memorize. Exception of Jesus wept, John 10, 35. Brother Lance, whenever you're ready to preach that, let me know. In your patience, not pastors, but yours. There's your soul waiting right there. Bless God, I am what I am. I'm hot-tempered and short-fused because Dad was hot-tempered and short-fused. In your patience. I speak my mind because Mama spoke her mind. In your patience, your soul hangs, abides. Come on, that's so easy. Let's all read that together. In your patience possess ye your soul. That's Luke 21, 19. The power of
powerful scripture. Patience. In your patience, your soul. Your soul is the thing living inside of you. I'm not talking about the breath of life. I'm talking about your soul. The thing that Solomon said, when a man dies, the soul goes to God from which it came. It returns to God, exactly, King James, as, as it came. That thing that's living inside of you, you, you call it a conscience or society does, but it's your soul that gives you the ability to choose left, right, up, down, good, bad, dark, light. Your soul is in your I think there should be about 80 people flooding the altar right now. Minus you people that raised your hands, of course. All right, let's look at James chapter 1. Oh, I'm, I'm coming to the last couple of remarks I want to make. James chapter 1. This is verse 4 of the King James. But let patience. Again, that means I have the control over it. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire or mature, mature, wanting nothing. Let patience work. That's a difficult thing to do, That's, that's especially in the world we're living in today. I mean, everything, we can get everything quick, fast, unless you go to the Wendy's line in Palmer. And drive up. Patience dial. Turn it up, Ron. That you may be perfectly entire wanting nothing. Now we're going to look at the, the message translation, James chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. Consider it a sheer gift. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Looking for a job when I found this one. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Oh, I just feel like. Now, you don't have to believe me, but how many times have I seen your hands go up when I say, do you believe every scripture in the Bible? And unanimously our hands go in the air with, with vigor. Because we want God to know we believe it. I told two or three people last week, I said, how is it every time Brother Churchill comes, he gets Dr. Pepper and ice. Dude that labors in the trenches with you every day, like warm water body, want that? Thank you, I'm joking. <laughs> See, some things bug me, I just have to let it out. There, there. He says, you know that under pressure your faith life is for, we know that, don't we? When pressure is on us, we know something, one of two is going to rise to the surface. Anger and hostility or faith and trust in God. He said, you know that under pressure your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. 
There I go again, Rod. There you go again, pushing the button before God wants the button pushed. Let it do its work. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Somebody say amen. That is powerful. That's James chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4 from the message translation, if you want to look at that later. That is powerful. Isaiah said this, but they that wait upon the Lord. Waiting on God. It's, it's the two-edged sword. I'm not sure how to respond to that. I, I get it, what you mean, waiting on the blessings of God, waiting on the love of God. I get it. I don't mind getting in that line. But when I'm pressured with a deadline or a decision I have to make or People are waiting on me because I need to turn left or right or stand for this or don't stand for that. It seems like I need something now, Lord. I've got to know what to do today. That's life, isn't it? But they that wait upon the Lord. I'm just going to be transparent with you. It's hard for me to wait on God sometimes. No, and no reflection on what you brothers threw out there. It's hard to wait on God sometimes. I believe I personally put more pressure on myself and the situation. I put more pressure on myself or the situation more often than I don't. I just live in the moment and I tell myself deadlines and... But the word wait from Isaiah 40, verse 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those that wait, the patient, those willing to be more patient, those striving to become more patient. That's the four out of ten that wouldn't dare say I'm a patient man or I'm a patient woman. They that wait up, that's what's supposed to drive us to do better, to leave here a little stronger than we came. Here's what patience will do for you. Here's what waiting will do for you. And that word wait in many, many major translations is, is rendered hope or trust. If you wait on God, if you hope in God. But it's faith. It's the substance of things we and the evidence of things we don't see. So waiting or patience Hope and trust, they all come down the same funnel eventually. This is three things that you play on the screen, if you wouldn't mind. That patience or waiting or trusting or hoping in the Lord brings about. It always, it always requires a purpose to me or a reason. I just, you don't give me a reason, I can't wait. I can't wait. I need a purpose. God becoming more part of your daily life, that's a good purpose. God becoming part of your financial decisions, that's a good reason. God becoming part of your prayer life more and more and more, less of you and more of him, that's a good reason and purpose. 
You've got to have something to strive for. Hope deferred, Solomon said, makes the heart sick. Hope drives us. It gets you out of bed in the morning and gets you on the road to work. Hope brings you back to church Wednesday night and Tuesday night and Sunday morning. Told you this too many times as well. Years ago I preached and some, some new convert wanted to talk to me. As soon as I was done, they radared in on me. I need to talk to you. All right. You said, you said Pastor Herring, that we need to have hope. And, and this person said, there's a whole lot more to it than hope. Hope is shallow. We need faith. I'm just like, good thing you're a new convert. I just smiled. I think I did. Hope is such an integral part, a vital part. It's what pushes us and prompts us and leads us. Second thing, it requires discipline. Oh, there's the greatest understatement of the year. Waiting requires discipline. If you're patient, you're probably disciplined, at least over some things in your life. If you're impatient... Probably undisciplined. But the beauty of it all is that waiting will renew your strength. Yeah, it will. If you've got a reason, if you've got a reason to wait. I mean, Brother Larry, if that 60-inch bull is within 50 yards, why are you waiting, brother? I mean, got no reason to wait then. Uh, that man behind you, him and I have had that conversation numerous times, all right? And that's what Paul said in that fifth chapter of Romans. Because patience works experience and experience hope. Yeah. You got a reason to wait? Then discipline yourself to wait. Because you're going to reap good things when you wait. The tragedy of it is God doesn't give me a chance, an, an alternative. If it's something God has promised and I'm waiting on, that's really hard for me to wait for. But that's where discipline comes in. And eventually you reap. Comments, questions, or thoughts? Anybody, quickly, that pertain to patience today? Brother Richards. You know, the difficult thing in that what she just said is this. There are some things God ordains you to fix. 
and God makes you aware of them so that you can get about his business and do your fixing element of the of the so the trouble is trying to figure out is this is something I better wait on or get involved in wisdom is knowing when to pursue and when to back off right anybody else Levi brother Levi <laughs> and by the way, Brother Levi finished his last chemo treatment last week, and we are excited and want to celebrate. What a beautiful thing. Hallelujah. Beautiful thing. Anybody over here? There's some, Brother Michael. Uh-oh. Okay, okay. Oh, well, the praise the Lord, Brother Michael. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes, ma'am. So easy to be disciplined when you, you're that, that close to the Lord, isn't it? Or easier. If you didn't hear her in the back, Sister Misty said she finds it easier to be patient when she spends more time with the Lord. Yes, ma'am. Sister Lane? Okay. All right. Anybody else in the middle? I mean, Brother Moore, our, our Packers went down in smoke yesterday, by the way. I didn't say this because you had, well, anyway. I had just texted my friend Brad Bullock. When you sent me that, oh, well, there's next year, I had just sent him that, here's another chance for every Packer fan to say, wait till next year. You sent me that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Over here, anybody? Yes, ma'am. For the, you in the back that couldn't hear, Sister Krista, she said patience is subjective. It varies what it is for you. doesn't mean it's that for him or her. But we all have opportunities to practice patience, teaching ourselves. The difficulty comes in, and I'm sure some of you thinkers are already ahead of me here. The difficulty comes in this. If you're a reactionary person, if you are, boom, response, and it's just organic, to correct what you think is incorrect. That's a that's a big mountain to climb. And it, it's not, not impossible. Thank you for your input. I believe that 100%. But it is difficult. It's difficult on a level that's it's hard to describe. But, but you're right. Anybody else in this section here? Don't we all need more? Sure we do. Sure we do. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy today, for your trusting hand, God, your guiding hand, your shepherding hand, your caring hand. We're thankful, God. Work with us, Lord. Be strong in our relationship, Lord. Help me, God. 
Help us, Lord, to be a better representation, a better witness, God, of your loving kindness and mercy. More patient with one another. More empathetic and compassionate with our fellow man. More caring and forgiving with those around us every day. Family, friends, society, wherever. Help us, precious God. Help us to control individually what we control, our patience level. We'll give you glory and honor for it today. We're so thankful for what you're doing in our life. Thankful for your loving kindness, your helping hand, for your blessings, God. Oh, Jesus, we love you so much. Help us, God. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Some have come to pray. Are there others? Are there others, men, women, young people, or elders that want to pray? Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah.